Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Abgenommen bedauert. Broadway's my beat. From Times Square to Columbus Circle. The gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's my beat. With Larry Thor as Detective Danny Cole. Broadway, where a pale and hungry girl walks like a queen because Broadway's a dream street. Where a fat man stands with begging eyes because he knows his dreams will never come true. It's a cry or a laugh, but nothing in between. Either way, it's my beat. On special detail, there are no special hours. Dawn was at the window of my office at police headquarters when I scribbled my last report. An out-of-town school teacher was trying to beat the heat by using Columbus Circle for a burlesque runway. <laughs> I buried that one behind a convenient fan. Bid the boys a fond bonjour and started home up the side entrance. I didn't make it. All I saw of sunrise was in an alley. The alley reserved for police ambulances coming home to the morgue. A voice stopped me and invited me in. Danny! Danny, come here! The man who stood silhouetted in the slice of light was a man who called himself Capek, a freelance photographer who hung around headquarters. You never knew he was there, but he always was. The quality of dawn, Danny. Who can hold it? Who can imprison it? It is the eternal enigma for a photographer. Why don't you go home then, Capek? What keeps you here? Uh, that ambulance, perhaps. Huh? You see, creative men like me have a devotion. It is always the same. Perfection. Everything neat and perfection. Oh, so that's what it is. I uh, watch that stretch it, Joe. Yeah, okay. Hiya, Danny. Hi, what do you got, boys? Uh, suicide. Guy jumped in front of an 8th Avenue subway. I didn't know anything about it. Well, not your department, Danny. See you later. See what I mean, Danny? Hmm? Neat and perfection. The man they're bringing in, for instance. What's neat about him? That was Jimmy Dorn. A Cinderella man who only the other day won $17,000 on the Irish sweepstakes. What? You must have read about him. How no newspaper, no newsreel could get a picture of him. Yeah, I remember. He was shy. I liked him for that. But I have a picture of him. Oh? Hmm? Dead or alive? Alive, of course. <laughs> Dead is for any hack with a brownie. Got it with you? Mind if I see it? No harm. I've already sold it to the news. Here. Here, look at it, Danny. Not the delicate play of light and shadow. The exquisite... This guy looks happy. i never seen anybody look that happy. Because Capek took it at the moment of Jimmy Dorn's greatest joy. The supreme ecstasy of winning $17,000. Yeah, to each his own. How did you get it when no one else could? Hmm. <laughs> this famous Capek pact. <laughs> it cost me $50 to arrange it. But the news paid me twice that. That much, huh? When Mr. Dorn committed suicide, it raised the price. <laughs> you see, in the newspaper game, yeah. one that's not... Excuse me, Kayback. Yeah. Danny Clover, give me the dope on a suicide name of Jimmy Dorn. Yeah, I know it's not my department. I'm nosy. Yeah. Yeah. Lily Dorn, 3rd Avenue. Okay, that's enough. You have to look, Danny. You smell something, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Be with you in a second, Keeper. Hello, Benny. Danny Clover. That Jimmy Dorn suicide. Tell the chief I'm going to look into it. Yeah, Benny, yeah, I, I know, but it bothers me. 
Sure, I'll grab some sleep on the subway. I asked you, Danny, you smell something, maybe? Why should a guy let a subway train make his wife a widow with 17000 orphan dollars? Why should all that sudden dough make him want to commit suicide? Mm, is it such a secret why men destroy themselves? Yeah, to me. It's not neat, K-Bank. It just ain't neat. Third Avenue is a tenement five stories high and miles long. At nine o'clock in the morning, it was going full blast. The elevated, housewives hunched in open windows, kids flipping pennies against the wall, and every seven minutes, it's free. Somewhere between Sam Chu's hand laundry, special attention page of pleated dress shirts, and the blue star delicatessen, cream soda, and hot pastrami two bits, somewhere between there was a doorbell. I pushed it. Yeah? What do you want? My name's Danny Clover. I want to see Mrs. Dorn. Suddenly, everybody wants to see Mrs. Dorn. Suddenly, I'm a popular lady. Suddenly, I'm I... from the police, Mrs. Dorn. You guys don't quit, do you? All right. Come on in. You want to know how it is to win $17,000? Is that what you want to know? Look, Mrs. Dorn, I'm sorry about your husband. Oh, sure. You can feel any way you like. Tell me about your husband. Jimmy? Yeah. I'll tell you about him. Jimmy didn't like people. He got afraid of them once, and he never got over it. Why? You know, I don't know. He was always running, and I ran with him. I was his wife, Mr. Clover. I didn't need to know any more than that. But maybe you understood why he refused to see any reporters when he won all that money. Listen. My husband was a frightened little man who won a sweepstakes. It bought him an obituary. That doesn't tell me much. This room tells me more. This rat hole. This room says that, doesn't it? Rat hole. I didn't say that, Mrs. Dorn. I'm talking about that circus poster on the wall. Patsy Mack presents the three whirling tornadoes. Was your husband a whirling tornado? You can go now, policeman. You said your questions. Now go. Brody, please. Why didn't you stay in that room? They can't do anything with us now. Come right on in, mister. Who are you? I'm a clever boy. I don't win sweepstakes, but I stay alive. Yeah, real clever. Now, what about this circus poster? It covers the cracks in the plaster. Three whirling tornadoes. Three men riding motorcycles in a barrel. Mrs. Dorn, for a frightened man, your husband made a dangerous dollar. Look, I told you all I know. Maybe you ought to get out of here. Why should a poster come between us, Mrs. Dorn? We were getting along fine. You heard the lady, Copper. She's saying she's finished talking. That's right, Mrs. Dorn? Yes. What did you say? I said that's right. Maybe I should have let it alone and got some sleep. But it kept eating at me. When I found out Jimmy Dorn rode a motorcycle in a barrel, everybody got unhappy. I don't like it when it gets unhappy. So I took a walk and found myself on Broadway in front of a tired building that has a lot of names. You take your choice. You walk up four flights and you get four offers. You're perfect for a fairy tale ballet that's opening in Europe. You make a stunning cover in a muscle magazine. Can you play first trumpet with a Bob Hawaiian outfit? If you got a song that's trying to be published, all at a slight fear. And on the fifth floor, you find what you were looking for the office of Patsy Mack, promoter, entrepreneur, and a dollar a guy. Well, it isn't Danny Clover. Hi, Patsy. You still pounding the stem, Danny? Aren't you ever going to be promoted? <laughs> Promotion means a desk job away from Broadway. Who wants that? Yeah, I know what you mean. Can I give you something? Yeah, grape juice would be keen. I've got three fingers left of a bottle given me by a bearded lady who was enamored of my uh, social standards. <laughs> <laughs> It'll bring a smile to your lips. <laughs> you drink it, Patsy, and thank her for me, Patsy. Send her a dozen blue roses, uh, or is it red roses for a bearded lady? Yeah, I'll do that. She'll appreciate it. She loves delicacy. No, don't they all? Patsy, tell me a story. Okay. And let me see. Who? Have you heard the one yeah. about... Yeah, tell me the one about the three whirling tornadoes. The three tornadoes? <laughs> what fond corner of your memory uh, clutched onto them? Tell me about them. Well, I don't remember much about them, Danny. They've been out of the business a long time. The three tornadoes, eh? Well, there were three of them. Thanks. There was no one else connected with them. Oh, no, no. The tornadoes ran their own carnage. 
poor the villagers and the metropolises. Patsy, you've got a reputation for remembering every act that ever played a circus or carnival. What were their names? Oh, you put me on my metal, boy. Now, let me see. There was a, uh, let me see, a Jimmy Dorn. Dorn. Yeah, faint. Oh. Could he be the one who ended up under a subway this morning? I'll look into it. Who were the others, Patsy? Well, there was a fellow named, uh, let me see now, a Russian kind of a name, uh, Danilov. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Joe Danilov. Joe Danilov. And the third? Oh, now you're pressing me, boy. The third was a man named, uh, let me see. Brady? No, 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 no. Could it have been Brody? Uh, Brody, Brody, that's it. Well, how'd you know, Danny? Brady, Brody, it's a short jump. Now, try real hard. You're sure there was no one else connected with the act? Well, now, come to think of it, there was another guy. Yeah? He backed the show, I think. Oh, his name doesn't register, Danny. This guy whose name doesn't register. Was it you? Oh, oh are you kidding? <laughs> I had nothing to do with the tornado. Well, thanks, Thanks a lot. You're, you're a gentleman and a scholar, Patsy. And a liar. I left Patsy there waving his job nothing, which was about what I had. Nothing. An ex-carnival performer wins $17,000 and dies under the wheels of the subway train. They say he jumped. Why should he do a fatal thing like that? Why should Patsy lie to me? A one-sheet poster said, Patsy Mack presents the three whirling tornadoes. And Patsy had just told me he had nothing to do with the tornadoes. Well, there's another guy I know in another place I know. His name's Pop, and he takes care of the file room of a magazine. A magazine that tells a lot about people, especially the people or show people. The file room was deserted except for Pop. What you doing down here, Danny? Wrangling, Pop. Oh, you don't have to hide that comic book from me. <laughs> my wife packs it with my lunch, Danny. Now, you take this one. Yeah. Sandra, the jungle queen. <laughs> Ain't she a honey? <laughs> Makes a man with me. Yeah, she's keen. What are you holding on a guy named Joe Daniloff, Pop? Take a second to find out. How was that name again? Daniloff, Pop. D for doll, A for avenue, N for... Uh, avenue N? Yeah, avenue N, Pop. Yeah, I got it. Only, uh, you didn't spell it right, Jenny. You didn't let me finish. Didn't need to. Here's the file on Joe Daniloff, all right. Only it's D for dead. Let me see that. Joe Daniloff, ex-carnival performer, a member of the Three Tornadoes, was found dead today at the bottom of an elevator shaft. Daniloff left no survivors, his wife having died a year ago. Hey. Hey, how about this? How about what? Listen, a week before his death, Danilov came out of obscurity to win a cross-country motorcycle race with a purse of $1,000. So he made funeral expenses. That's hot news, huh? Last night, another man, a man named Jimmy Dorn, came out of obscurity to win a lot of money. He died, too. Two whirling tornadoes all played out, one after another. You know something, Danny? What? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm oh, sorry, Pop. I was playing with a jigsaw puzzle. Well, you sit right down there and do just that. I'm going upstairs for some coffee. You want some? Hmm? Coffee, Daddy. Want some? Yeah, your coffee. Be nice, Pop. I'll just be a few minutes. Don't let anybody kidnap Sandra, the jungle. Yeah, yeah. Two whirling tornadoes. The third one named Brody. Maybe you'll blow away, too. Brody and the bitter widow Dawn. And Patsy Mack, the sweet guy who told lies. That's you, Pop. Oh. I never knew what it was that slugged me on the back of my head. It wasn't a comic book. And whoever did it wasn't Pop. Just before I hit the floor, I had a flash. It wasn't Sandra the Jungle Queen either. You are listening to Broadway's My Beat with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. paying guests mysteriously disappear. Two elderly spinsters who entertain them have a suspiciously rising bank account. And it's a murder farm story for Casey, crime photographer, to explore on CBS Tonight. Also on CBS Tonight, you'll hear the network's famous series, Escape, in place of suspense, while suspense is on summer leave of absence. Tonight's opener on Escape will be John Russell's famous story, The Fourth Man, a tale of a Pacific Islander adrift on a raft with three murderous companions. Be sure to hear Murder Farm on Crime Photographer and The Fourth Man on Escape tonight. They come to you on most of these same CBS stations. And now back to Broadway's My Beat. 
you win a lot of money or die violently or do both, and Broadway will know all about you. You get your name and your picture in the morning editions. Then Broadway won't care anymore. But I care. Maybe it's because I've got a cop's curious mind, but it bothered me why Jimmy Dawn died. So I made it my personal business. And so far, business was rotten. I was on my back when Pop brought me to. It took a little longer to find out that the press clippings I was looking at weren't around. <laughs> That's a new one. Roll for some old press clippings. This needed thinking. To think a cop's got to eat. To eat, there's a classy sidewalk cafe on the corner of Broadway and 47th where you stand up to a hot dog and a cup of coffee that dares you. I threw a lump of sugar at it when someone tapped me on the shoulder. Hello, Danny. Mind if I join you? Oh, okay, Peg. Not at all. Grab an napkin. Danny, somehow you look unsymmetrical today. What happened to your head? I had it done over. Oh, you detectives always intruding yourselves into violence and danger. Who did it, Danny? Person or persons unknown. Well, you should go home and get some rest. Yeah, what about you, Keeper? Don't you get any sleep either? <laughs> I am a vain man, Danny. I've been waiting for the noon edition of the news to come out. It has the picture I took of Jimmy Dawn. Look at it, Danny. Yeah. Is it not a magnificent reproduction? Yeah, it's quite a picture. How'd you catch the expression? Uh, for an artist like me, it is a matter of precise timing. But somehow, I feel the caption beneath this picture is not right. What do you mean? I feel the caption should not read suicide. It should read murder. Oh, makes you say that. I have captured death in my pictures for a long time, Danny. This is the face of a man whom death was about to touch with murder, not with suicide. You talk prettier, but you think like a cop. The elements for murder are three, Danny. A widow with $17,000, perhaps a boyfriend, and... Wait a minute, Danny. Where are you going? You haven't touched your... I'm going to make a call. So you can't eat first? Who calls on a rich widow with onions in his breath? <laughs> You up there. You who? You at the window. Who, me? Yeah, you. Oh, hello. Hello. Hey, Mrs. Dorn, isn't she home? You want somebody, mister? Mrs. Dorn, I've been ringing your bell. Where is she? Oh. You know where Mrs. Dorn went? There's no light downstairs. Her? Yeah, her. Oh, sure, she had a date for across the street. What? For across the street, mister. The Eagle Tavern. I saw her go in there with a guy. The Eagle Tavern took up 40 front feet of sidewalk, and its insides were designed to take up thousands of man-hours of loneliness. Right now, there were only three lonely people, the bartender, Mrs. Dorn, and Brody. Mrs. Dorn and Brody were standing at the end of the bar crying real hard. I hated to do it, but I decided to ruin their evening for them. You don't know when to quit, do you, Clover? Why do you keep coming around? Like I was saying, Mrs. Dorn. What are you drinking, Mac? Nothing, nothing at all. Yeah, you can nurse that a long time. Mr. Clover, look. Please, we don't want any trouble. We got all the... It's tr this way, Mrs. Dorn. A long time ago, a man named Joe Danilov fell down an elevator shaft and was killed. Seems like he was nobody until he won a motorcycle race. Then he got his name in the papers. Then he died. What does that do to you? What should it do to us? I'll try a refresher. Joe Danilov was a whirling tornado. He belonged in your husband's act, Mrs. Dorn. Try to react on that. I don't know what you're talking about. You got your reaction, Clover. Now blow. Mrs. Dorn, you know your husband just might have been murdered. No. Try it, Mrs. Dorn. Consider it. You've got no manners at all. All you've got is a loose mouth. Wait a minute, Brody. The man said somebody might have killed Jimmy. Do you think so, Brody? Ah, this guy's trying to put poison in your brain, Lily. Don't listen to him. You think I shouldn't, huh? Why should you listen to you, Brody? Go read a book, copper. Go read a book and find out why I should hang around a woman who's married to my best friend, Jimmy Dorn. Maybe you're waiting for him to die. He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I never thought of it before. Jimmy's dead, and that makes you number one boy to a lady who just inherited $17,000. That'll teach you, Lily. That'll teach you not to talk like that. Talking a woman's easy, Brody. This will be a little... Hey, what are you doing? Hey, you can't play in here. Stop it! I'm running a decent joint. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Lily, I'm sorry. Don't cry, Lily. Please don't. Talk to him, Brody. Tell him what he wants to know. Tell him what you never told me. What happened back there ten years ago? Why were you and Jimmy always hiding? Tell him, Brody. Take off, Copper. You've done your bit. Take off and feel filthy about the whole thing. Sure, only you fascinate me, Brody. If you didn't shove Jimmy Dorn in front of a subway train, what keeps you alive? First Joe Danilo, then Jimmy. There's hardly a breeze left of the three whirling tornadoes. 
What's keeping you alive, Brody? Now there was a guy I just had to see. Capex. There was a chance he had taken more than one picture of Dorn. Maybe in the background I'd see a familiar face. Out in Sea Beach near Coney Island, I found the door with Capex's name on it. It's you, Danny. Come in, come in, well, I come in. I didn't want to disturb you, Capex, but I just wondered if you took any more pictures of Dorn besides the one that ran in the news. Oh, I am not like other photographers, Danny, who take dozens of pictures to get one good one. I take only one, and it is always perfection. So the one in the news is the only one? Yes. Yeah. It, uh, it is important that there should be other ones? Uh, it might have been. Quite a gallery you have on the wall. Yes, yes. Come look, Danny, come look. This one, Danny. This this girl who looks like a tired angel on a lonesome street. Yeah, nice. And look, and, and this one, a derelict asleep in the gutter. It, it has the texture and the lighting of a Rembrandt, though. Now, Capek, a man of your talent could live in a penthouse with dancing. <laughs> Why do you live here? Hmm. I get some of my best results here. Yeah, everybody gets some. Hey, you must have got there fast for this picture. Oh, that one, yes. Well, you know my deal with the police. The minute anything violent happens, I go out with you. I get a picture. You get a body. Who was it? That is a man who was once Joe Danilov. Danilov, huh? Yes. I, I, I took this picture just after he fell down the elevator shaft. The mood of finality was magnificent. Very dramatic, Epic. Danilov was one of the three whirling tornadoes. Did you know that? So? Well, to me, Danilov was simply a man who fell down into space and died... The picture captures the sensation, don't you think? The down-sweeping lines, the shadows like a dark caress, the broken form like some, some grotesque passion. Everything neat, everything I don't think Capek even saw me open the door and leave. It's a long, subway ride and a transfer back to Broadway. Coming up from an underground of naked concrete into the blare of 49th Street, well, there's, there's a magic to it. I didn't have time to enjoy it. I had a job to do, and a chance to take. And the chance paid off. Patsy Mack was in his office, working late. Okay, Danny, so I lied here about my connection with the tornadoes. And why not? First Joe Daniloff, then Jimmy Dorn. Next, maybe me. Why should I take a chance? They were accidents, the people said. Oh, not just accidents. Danny, not that kind. Tell me, Patsy, why do you think you'll be next? I don't know. Looks like everybody connected with the tornadoes has written down in a little black book. Tell me more, Patsy. This time I'm leveling, Danny. Once I managed the tornadoes, but I dropped them like they were a basket of snakes. Why? What did they do? Remember? I told you there was another guy, their backer? Yeah. Well, he got sick. He went to a sanitarium. While he was there, the tornadoes robbed him of everything he ever had. All three of them did that? Yes. Danilov, Brody, and Jimmy Dorn. Danilov and Dorn are gone. That leaves only Brody. Plus the widow Dorn and 17,000 bucks. Were you ever in a sanitarium, Patsy? No. But they might put me away for slugging a cop. Oh, what do you want me to do, Danny? Cross my heart and hope to die? Something easier than that. Use your phone for me. Anything for a friend, Danny. But you are my friend, aren't you, Danny? Call Billboard for me. Oh, what? Personal ad, Patsy. A personal ad on the front page where a guy in the show business would be sure to see it. You phrase it. Phrase what? Just this. Anyone connected with the act, the whirling tornadoes, Meet at the entrance to Crescent Midway on Coney Island tomorrow night at 11. Have information to wind up affairs of the tornadoes. Phone that in, Patsy. Because you say so, friend? Because the police say so. And Patsy. Yeah? Sign your name to it. So I had it all set up. This case had murder in it. And I was pretty sure I knew who the murderer was. It was a matter of supplying a pigeon. That was me. The next day, two things happened. The ad was on the front page of Billboard, and rain came. When I hit Coney Island 10.30 that night, it was a wet desert. Neon reflections and stragglers and empty rides. The place was shadows on field paint and shadows on shadows. I had to spot the killer before he spotted me. So I picked one of the darkest places under the framework of the roller coaster and walked into it. I really walked into it. Danny! There's such a night you picked to enjoy Coney Island. 
On a night like this, it is a dismal alley. I'm in a dismal mood, Capek. And that gun you're holding doesn't make it any brighter. It gives me the bravery to give orders to a policeman. You shoot me, you'll be out of character, Capek. How are you going to make it look like an accident? I have other ideas. First, I put my gun in my hand in my pocket. Now I say to you, let's go. Walk, Danny. Walk. You know, Chapek, I think you loused up the job. A long time ago, you told me everything was neat and perfection. You forgot to tell me you put up the door for the whirling tornadoes before you went to the sanitarium. So? So you killed Dan Eleven Dorn. But Brody gets away, huh? Brody and time, policeman. But first, you and I take a ride on a roller coaster. Yeah. Wondering how you'd manage it. Neat and perfection, Danny. Now get on. I'll pay for the tickets when the ride is over. In here, Danny. You get in this first car. I'll sit in the car behind you. How are you going to work this, Capek? You going to slug me and heave me over? Like I said, you can't shoot me. Then it wouldn't look like an accident. In a few seconds, when we get to the top, you will see. And I'll keep your hands to your sides, Danny. That's better. Going to get a picture of this one, too, Capek? When we get to the top, you will see. The top was two seconds away. Now, Danny, stand up. Stand up. I stood up. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw him rise, see, too. I'm Take the gun out of his like pocket. It's barrel in his fist. His arm came up in a wide arc, and that was the break I was waiting for. His body arched forward to strike. I twisted, grabbed his hand and elbow, and threw! Let go! Let go me, Danny! How long can a roller coaster ride last? Long enough. Long enough to piece together the jagged edges of some frightened lives. Danilov and Dorn murdered. Murdered because they'd crossed a twisted man named Capek. Brody and Patsy Mack hugging the shadows because they were afraid of Capek's revenge. And Lily Dorn with a handful of dust and dollars. You pay for the ride here, mister. Hey, you didn't take that ride all by yourself. Yeah. A little while later, an ambulance came and picked up the dead, broken body of Capek. They took a picture of him, too. I caught a ride back to Broadway in a prowl car. It stretches out in front of you, this street called Broadway, like a midway to some cruel and fantastic circus. And you're the performer. You can walk the high wire or play it safe in a cage. Me? I guess my dodge is the wire. The gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My beat. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, is produced and directed by Gordon T. Hughes, with script by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. Musical direction is by Lud Bluffkin. Be sure to join us again next week, same time, same station, for Broadway's My Beat. In just a few minutes on most of these same CBS stations, you'll be hearing the familiar strains of Someday I'll Find You. And the action, as you know, starts with Mr. Keene, the famed tracer of lost persons. A top-rating detective throughout radio's fall, winter, and spring seasons, Mr. Keene will be on hand all summer. So don't miss uh, one of his great cases these Thursday nights on CBS. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My beat. From Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Broadway, where night slips over the canyon streets like a black silk stocking splashed with spangles. Then, it's a flashy showgirl on an after-theater date. But during the day, it wears a sleazy house dress, no makeup on its face, and stands on a street corner screaming. Day or night, it wears any face you're looking for. And it's my beat. The coolest place at police headquarters on a July afternoon is in the communications room, but it wasn't cool enough. Sergeant Tartaglia and I were taking turns standing under the fan. It was my turn. The sergeant walked over to a teletype machine, picked up the latest call sheet, came back. He was smiling. Hmm. Oh, this heat, Danny. Rough on the police, but fine for the law and order. Uh, the phone buzzer, Sergeant. Your number. Yeah. Sergeant Tartaglia. Yeah. Yeah, where? Yeah, got it. What time? 1.12 p.m.? Yeah, right away. What are you up, Sergeant? Ah, it was too good to last. 30 call. Homicide. Be with you in a second, Danny. Okay. Commissioner? Sergeant Tartaglia. Reporting a homicide, sir. Dodge Theater on 46th Street, Portable House. Yes, sir, a performer. Right. Sergeant Tartaglia speaking. Put this on the wires. Special to squad cars 19, 22, and 69. Special to homicide. Special to chief of detectives. The special details. Hey, wait a minute. Now, that's you, Danny. Got it? Dodge Theater. 30 call. Performer murdered, right? Right. You squad car 47. See you. Yeah. Okay. Back to you. Special to technical research laboratory. Special to cars. To ballistics. Your squad car stabbed. Tears ripped through a city, and its wail is like a piece of broken glass that flashes across its face. You can see the terror silent and quick in the blur of the city making way for you. It was maybe 1.25 when I hit the alley leading to the stage door of the Dodge Theater and twisted the car into it. It must have been a comedy act playing in front of the heavy and stained velvet curtains. The laughter and the music from the orchestra pit cut through from the front of the theater and washed against a wall of grim and blank faces backstage. Under the naked yellow glare of a single stage work light lay a man in a glittering sequin-covered suit of tights. He lay there like some muscular statue torn from its pedestal. But the web of blood told you it was a lie. The ballistics man, the medical examiner, the photographer, the fingerprint man, technical research, all worked and moved silently, weaving their way from shadow into light and back again. Then out of the shadows, a dapper little guy named Georgie walked over to me. Oh, Danny, Danny, am I glad to see you. Hi, Georgie. How are you? These other guys, your colleagues, they're cold, very, very cold. But you, you're warm and friendly. Yeah, it's a hot day, isn't it, Georgie? Oh, you think so, Danny? I keep telling these guys in the front office, the air condition in this theater, oh, boy, it's a lie, a fable, an illusion. You're rough on a house manager, huh, Georgie? No air conditioning. Now, this... You're so right, Danny. How will it look on the report when I tell the front office there was a murder act in the theater and I didn't even give it billing? <laughs> Bad joke, huh, Danny? You told me better ones. Now, tell me about the man, Georgie. The, uh, dead one? The dead one. Who? What? Maybe why? Who? He was an athlete from Vienna. He was an acrobat. His name was Prokosh, Otto Prokosh. And uh, he was an athlete of muscle and steel. A filthy, rotten brain and a nice, clean body. No, that brings us to why. I had a reason why. You want to hear my reason, Danny? You lay yourself wide open that way, Georgie. Doesn't matter. I don't believe in wasting time. This I understand. I've only once been an usher at the Roxy. Shall I write it down? If you want to. This dead Adonis, this, this murdered Achilles, this filth called Otto making tempting noises into the ears of my wife. You don't have to answer this one if you don't want it, Georgie. Did she listen? My wife, Ruth? I shall have to ask her herself. 
You'll find her in dressing room six right up those stairs. I'll ask her later. Now, tell me how it happened. Yeah, this I wouldn't know. I was in the front office counting the house, the way a manager should. Oh? Yes, Danny, yes. And you can check on it, I too. Yeah, and I will, George. Uh, uh, Danny, you'll have to excuse me a minute. Say, has anybody seen Lee? Me come in. Has anybody seen Lee? <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me, will you? I work here. i got to get on stage. Sure, in a minute. Who are you? Lee Emery, dancer. I dance for the people. What are you, an agent? You're late, Emery. Georgie's over there looking for you. Oh, what's he got to worry about? He's a manager. I'm a dancer. I'm never late. Well, the people are waiting for you, dancer. But stick around. I want to talk to you. I'm from the police. But of course, there's been trouble. Murder. But of course, I'll stick around. Yeah, Emery, get on stage. There's your music. Okay, Georgie, okay. Georgie, what was that dressing room number? Six, uh, six Danny, six. Yeah, six. Yeah, what do you... No autographs, please. I'm Danny Clover, police. Looking for Ruth Houston. Georgie said she'd be here. Well, Georgie always knows where Ruth is, doesn't he, Ruth? He always knows. Except he finds it tough to keep up with a fast package like I. Pay no attention to Shelley, Mr. Clover. Shelley's a comic. He makes jokes. Well, Shelley Sheldon. I, I've seen you. Oh, you've lived. You don't have to talk to policemen if you don't want to, Ruth. I know a lawyer who says it's all right not to talk to a policeman. You take advice from this comedian, Mrs. Houston? What do you want to know? Georgie was telling me about Otto, the acrobat. He said you could tell me more. Sure, I can tell you a lot. One, he's a beautiful man. Two, he made passes at me. Three, I loathed. Does that cover it, Mr. Clover? Maybe. Why are you at the theater today? I come down every day. I love Vaudeville. Maybe it's because I make you laugh, huh, Ruthie? Girl needs a man who makes her laugh. And I'm the best. How did you feel about Otto, Mr. Sheldon? Shelley. Call me Shelley. Murder makes us all friends, doesn't it, Danny boy? Keep it formal. My suspects usually call me Lieutenant. Ah. Well, Lieutenant, I'll tell you about Otto. I hated his guts. He was egotistical, vain, selfish, arrogant, snobbish. He loved himself. Another kind of a guy, I mean. went like that. Vaudeville actors are just like any other people. They're scared. They're cooperative. They're uncooperative. Depending upon their attitude toward policemen and their own conscience. The agile little dancer named Lee Emery was different. I interviewed him in his dressing room. It was like no interview I ever had before. Lee Emery danced to it. Kind of weird, soft shoe ballet to the music of a battered phonograph. It was as if he were a grotesque puppet on strings. And the strings were dangled from some place of strangeness in his brain. I had to blink. Is it bother you? My dancing, Lieutenant Clover? Clover. Clover. Thanks. That's interesting music you're dancing to. Interesting? Is it? That's interesting. Why is it interesting, Lieutenant? The music you danced to on stage earlier. Oh, I'm pleased. It struck you. You remember me as an artist. And it was played in a different tempo. Faster. And now it's a blues. Hey, watch. End of show, Lieutenant. Oh, you're a fine dancer, Emery. Oh. Tell me, why the different tempos to your music? Doesn't it throw your performance off? Ah, not at all. You see, I had a half a dozen records made of this music. All different rhythms. Mm. All different moods. Before each performance... I practice the one I shall do. Depends on my feeling at that moment. Oh, you don't feel good now, huh? Oh, Lieutenant, I'm in love with the world. Last night I took a walk in the Bowery. I talked with the poor, sodden fragments of humanity who people it. Now I am disenchanted. Next performance, my dancing will be a mirror of that feeling. Oh, so the orchestra conductor will play your music as blues. Uh-huh. Must be a pleasure for him to work with someone as... Creative as you. Thank you. Dancing Lieutenant Plover is, is an ultimate within itself. The antics, the grotesqueries of humankind distilled into classic, flawless expression. Hey, now you say something philosophical, Lieutenant. Yeah, try this. Did you have any reason to kill that acrobat? But of course. As a performer, he was a bum. I wished him dead. From a purely artistic standpoint, of course. But you know what, Lieutenant? Tell me. I didn't kill him. 
I am a coward. You have music for that, too? But of course. Would you care to hear it? I didn't care to. Emery looked at me sadly, bowed, and I made an exit. The next morning at headquarters, the reports came in. Ballistics said the bullet had been fired through a silencer on a 38 frame. It entered the acrobat's shoulders with a downward passage. The shot had come from backstage, from somewhere high in the wings, where peeling sets of scenery hung. Coroner's report, death was instantaneous. The solution of murder almost never is. I found Star Sergeant Tartaglia out of the way and took my turn under the fan. That murder at the theater, Danny. A toughie, huh? Yeah, I don't know. It's too early to tell. Suspects? Any of them? Goes like this, Sergeant. House manager Georgie Houston hated the acrobat because the acrobat made grand passes at his life, Ruth. No, oh, jealousy's a good, sound, substantial motive, I always say. Yeah, I always say it's a 100% motive. The modest comic, Shelley Sheldon, he likes Ruth, too. Another 100% motive. Lieutenant Clover speaking. Lieutenant, I told you. I told you. Who is this? Lee Emery. I told you I was a coward, Lieutenant. So? A man. He was standing across the street for the last hour. What man? What are you talking oh, listen, about? Listen, listen to me. I don't know what man. He was watching the window of my room, and just a minute ago, he walked into this hotel. Lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Lieutenant, there's someone opening the door. He... Lieutenant! Emery! Emery! <laughs> It didn't need a cop's mind to put that shot on Emery's screen together. I thumbed through my notebook and got Emery's address. By the time I was downstairs, a squad car was waiting, its motor running. The siren channeled the street between headquarters and West 56. It took four minutes to get there. Emery's room was three flights up and walked back. The room was empty. No Lee Emery, nothing. Correction. The room was filled with Emery's music coming from the phonograph. That and a narrow streak of blood that wormed on the threadbare grass rug. But most of all, it was Emery's music. It was happy, real happy. I couldn't stand it. The room needed another quality. The quality that came after terror. A sigh, maybe, or silence. And I had the feeling Lee Emery had just bought himself a large piece of that. You are listening to Broadway's My Beat with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Perhaps you're one of those individuals who doesn't like to do things alone. You just can't get with it for some reason or other. You say you'd like to take a language course of some kind but you feel that you might not keep up with the lessons if left on your own. Well, sir, USAFI, the United States Armed Forces Institute, has just the thing for you. Group study. USAFI group study courses are those in which USAFI materials are used and which are taught by service-procured instructors. It is regular classroom procedure, and if that's what you feel will help you most, join a group study class in the subject of your choice. Your education officer can plan a class and advise you as to enrollment. Look into it and develop your own power through knowledge with Yusafi. Broadway is a place that can get happy about a lot of things. A cat in a tree, a wrestler with curls who scents the ring with perfume, even by a swami who predicts the world is coming to an end by high noon tomorrow. Right now, the current happiness was touched off by a rumor that Bonville was coming back. But I had proof positive that it was dying all over again. Item, a dead acrobat shot while opening the bill at the Dodge Theater. Item, a terrified hoofer named Lee Emery who left only an afterimage of blood and music. Item, I had work to do. Work was routine. I called headquarters, told them to send out a missing person call on Emery, told them where I was going and went. When I got backstage, the Dodge Theater was making ready to put on its false face for the first batch of customers. Ruth Houston was standing against a backdrop, considering the lighted end of a cigarette. When she saw me, she looked as if she could do without me. Oh, hello, Lieutenant. You want to see me? Does that make it any worse, Mrs. Houston? Frankly, Lieutenant, there comes a time in every woman's life when she doesn't feel like talking to the police. Now, now is the precise instant, huh? It's like this, Lieutenant. 
I, I'm being sad. I'm being sad about a lot of things. Each one takes time. Yeah. But I'm afraid I'll have to interrupt the emotion. What's making you sad, Mrs. Houston? This this whole thing will just wreck him. This, this thing of Otto's murder. Wreck who? My husband, Georgie. He had a good thing here at the Dodge. He was just going good. You get sad about Otto? I can do that, too. Otto thought he could beckon to a woman by flexing a bicep. He needed talking to. He, he didn't need killing. Maybe making muscles wasn't the reason he was killed. It's your job to think like that, Lieutenant. Only this, Mrs. Houston. How buddy were you with Lee Emery? Him? Him. Lee Emery. What could Emery do for me, Dan? Is he around now? I haven't seen him. He hasn't shown up for the show. You don't know where he is. You took the words right out of my mouth. I wouldn't know where he is. I wouldn't want... Excuse me, Lieutenant. Sure. Hello? Hello? Yes? Yes, he's here. To you, Lieutenant, your office or whatever you call your office. Thanks. Glover speaking. Danny, Dr. Aglia. We got him, kid. We got Lee Emery. Yeah, where'd you find him? East River Docks. Anyhow, that's where we fished him out. He's newly dead, Danny. The wet gray heat had turned into a wet gray drizzle when I arrived at the East River Dock. Three hooded cops on horseback held back a crowd whose face looked like it had a veil drawn over it. And in between the foghorns and the boat whistles, you heard the soft whinny of a horse. You couldn't quite believe it. Then a splash of blue named Mugovan, Harbor Police, cut through the grayness. Him you had to believe. Okay, okay, stand back, stand back now. Come on, Danny, hold my hand. I'll get you through this barrier of curious onlookers. Thanks, Mugovan. All right, out of the way. Out of the way now. Now, why don't you yokels get in out of the rain? Ain't you heard the song, It's Wet Outside? That's a great act, Mugovan. Add, Danny, it builds from hatred to love. The surly sneers of the mob become smiles of pleasure when I'm through molding their emotion. Well, when you get a chance, mold me a ham sandwich, huh, Mugovan, on rye. Huh? You mean right now? No, not now. Now just tell me about him. Well, it's like you see, Danny. First they shot him in the face, twice, from up close, then they threw him in the river. How long did you say he was in the river? Well, not long, Danny, just long enough to wash him clean. Yeah. Anything on him? Yeah, this wallet and these papers, social security card issued to Lee Emery. Mm. Maryland driver's license made out to Lee Emery. Description, as stated, adds up to Lee Emery. Except for complexion and color of eyes. That, naturally, we can't tell. And this initial ring with the initials L-E, that spells Lee Emery. Yeah, I've seen the ring. Do something for me, Mugovan. Sure. You still want that sandwich, Danny? Call headquarters for me. Come pick up Georgie Houston, his wife, Ruth Houston. And a funny, funny boy named Shelley Sheldon. Sheldon? Well, he's very funny. I get a lot of my material from him. Have them meet me at the morgue. I want them to identify a body. This is a cold place you picked for me to play a matinee, Danny boy. How do I get yaks in the morgue? Oh, no, comedian. You work it out. You know, this whole reminds me of a theater I once played in Des Moines. Same type atmosphere, same type audience reaction. I was making with bombs and those hasties just lay there like, like these stiffs. Shut up, Shelly, shut up. Haven't you got any respect? What's the matter, Georgie? The silent dead make you nervous? No, Shelly, they bring me peace. That's why I give them respect. Oh, Danny, why did you bring us up here? I want you to identify a body that was washed up in the East River. Anybody we know? That's a good question. Here we are. figure is familiar, but the face is... What am I saying? What face? What do you say, Georgie? The suit. Yeah, I, I recognize the suit. It's exactly the same type suit Lee Emery wore every day of his life. Mm. He had them made in pairs. He always said if you found something that made you feel good, why change it? Is, uh, is that Lee Emery, Danny? Shelley, is this Lee Emery? Yeah, yeah. How do you know? The shoes. They're a dancer's shoes. Soft shoe type shoes. The kind of shoes a dancer like Lee Emery wears when he's doing soft shoe type dancing. Do I make it clear, Danny boy? Oh, no, I lived without you. Do you recognize this ring? Yeah, Danny. That's Lee's ring, all right. He hocked it with me once when he needed some dough. All right. That's so. Mean we can go now, Danny? Yeah, you can go back to the theater, Georgie. They'll need you. Now, wait a minute, Danny boy. It's not that easy. Hmm? I've got a twist. I'd like to ask you some questions. I thought you'd have some. I'll try to answer them, Mr. Sheldon. Lee Emery, the, the boy in the box. 
He was murdered, huh? We think so, Mr. Sheldon. That means you suspect that maybe Georgie or me murdered him. Could be, Mr. Sheldon. This is the snapper, policeman. What makes me rate so high in your favor? There are others who were involved with Lee Emery. Like who, Mr. Sheldon? Like any of the other people at the Dodge Theater. Like, like Ruthie, the wife of Georgie. Who are you, Lottie? Take your hand. Hold Georgie. I'd like to answer, Mr. Sheldon. The cop, Mr. Sheldon, looks for motive. A good motive for killing the boy in there would be that he knew who killed Otto, the acrobat. That could be you, Georgie, or Ruth. By the way, Georgie, where is Ruth? We've been waiting for you to tell me why she isn't here. Why, she was at the theater last time I saw her. Why? She's not there anymore, Georgie. The boys upstairs tell me she's not anywhere. Maybe you can help the boys upstairs, Georgie. Danny, you... You mean you can't find her? You mean the whole police department can't find her? Danny... Tammy, you've got to find her. You've got to. We will, Georgie. We will. Here you are, Sergeant. Send this call out over the intercom right away. Yeah, Danny. Attention, all cars. Attention, all cars. 3.25 p.m. Pick up Ruth Houston. Ruth Houston. She is 5 feet 4 inches tall. Weight, about 121. She has black hair. Black hair, dark brown eyes, attractive. Maybe in the company of a man. Maybe carrying suitcase. Check bus, rail, and plane terminals. Urgent. Get the squad car moving, Joe. Grand Central. Yeah. Patrolman Metchikoff calling precinct headquarters at 3:45 p.m. Not in the. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five four one twenty one. Black hair. Yeah, I got it. Okay, you can go. I don't understand that. Now you say I can go. Why? Because your eyes aren't brown. Tartaglia speaking. Yeah? Good. 14th Street Precinct, right away. They got her, Danny. Holding her at the 14th Street Precinct. Let's go. Where is she? In there with the matron. Nice work, fella. There she is, Danny. You can go home, miss. You're not the right Ruth Houston. Lieutenant Clover speaking. Danny, Mugger from Harbor Police. Yeah? We got something hot. Something directly from the laps of the guard. Don't make a production out of it, Mugger. Just tell me what it is. Ruth Houston. The name bring a smile to your lips, Danny. Come on, come on, Muggerman. What's the story? As follows. I was in a coffee joint on the pier, like I always am at 9 p.m., so I can talk to my friend, Marty Udenfreud, the cab driver whom I befriended. We talked. And routinely I tell him this description of one Ruth Houston. Okay, so far, Danny? Muggerman, the night's so long and lonely in Flatbush. What about Ruth Houston? Well, Marty has her for a fare about 7.30. Takes her to a pier on the Hudson River. How did he know she was Ruth Houston? Well, she was a looker. The description tallies and the initials on her suitcase was R.H. Go on. Then she gets on a boat. The good ship Christina, a freighter. Great. Hold that boat, Muggerman. Don't let it move. I hope you have good reason to delay the voyage of the Christina. What can we do for you, Lieutenant? Now just tell me where to find the girl that looks like this picture. Shelter, Muggerman. Here she is, Captain. A princess. Mmm. Yeah, yeah, she's here. She and her husband. A husband? Oh. Your face looks like it is perhaps not her husband. When did he get on board? Uh, it was very romantic. He boarded the Christina hours before we sailed, locked himself in the cabin, and waited for his young girl. Romantic, yeah? Yeah. Where's the cabin, Captain? I, I will show you. Just tell us. We want to meet them alone. It is down the end of this long passageway. The door on your left. Let's go, Mugovan. Danny Clover, Mrs. Houston. Open up. Open up. Get back. Get back. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like the little lady don't want to see us. Looks like I'll have to open the door from this side. 
I think now it's okay for us to enter, Danny. Yeah. I hurt her, Danny. Let me see. That's not too bad. Go get the captain. He'll know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I wasn't wrong. Phonograph. Some records. All right, Emery. Come out. I know you're here. Hello, Lieutenant Clover. I was coming in. There's music. It tracks me. I thought it would. You okay? Sure. I ducked into the washroom when you started shooting back. Bruce hurt, though, isn't she? Yeah. I'll take your gun. Here. You're clever, Lieutenant Clover. You're an artist. Only because you made a mistake. Play me my mistake. You shot that man's face away. At least more than just that trickle of blood you arranged in your room. But you know about things like that, Emery. Who was he? He was nothing. An absolute nothing. A zero. An empty circle. I knew you'd figure it that way. You told me you walked the Bowery for art. You walked it to find a derelict who was the same size, the same build as you. That was his only use, you figured. So you used it. <laughs> you killed him. You thought I believed you were dead. That leaves Otto the acrobat. Why should I have killed a useful man like Otto? Ruth's being here tells me that, Emery. Otto likes her, too. Competition from a man like Otto frightens two lovers like you. So you killed him. But of course. Well, I said you were an artist. Now, if you'll pardon me, Lieutenant Clover. I didn't stop him. It needed a touch like that. Emery's dancing to a dirge. This time he danced as if the puppet strings from his brain had been cut away and the madness was complete. When Mugovan came back with the captain, they stopped in the splintered doorway and stood there. Just stood there. But in a little while, the dance was over. There's no fury on Broadway now. It's dawn. And the angry avenues of the night are still. But in a few hours, it'll renew itself. The bang and the clatter and the rack and roar and the voice. Because it's Broadway. The gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My beat. Broadway's My Beat with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover is produced and directed by Gordon T. Hughes with script by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. Musical direction is by Lud Gluskin. United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.